You are listening to the Central New York Real Estate Podcast, dispelling the misconceptions and myths about buying and selling a home with your host and favorite agent, Bob McTagg. Thanks for joining me on another episode in this podcast, the truth about buying and selling a home, the myths, the misconceptions. My name is Bob McTagg. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Today, I'm going to talk about two different topics. One is the truth about seller paid closing costs. So if you're a buyer, you're purchasing a home, we're going to talk about this term called seller concessions, where the seller pays your closing costs. And is this the truth? Does the seller really pay your closing costs? And I'm going to explain that. And then we're also going to talk about the truth about property taxes in central New York. So we're going to get through this in about 30 minutes or less. So it's not going to be too long. But these are two topics that always come up with my buyers, with my clients. And again, if you're working with a licensed real estate professional, this podcast, this episode is not an attempt to earn your business. It's not a solicitation to earn your business. And I have to disclose that. And I am a licensed real estate agent in the state of New York. So let's get right into it. Enough of that. And again, I want to say I appreciate everyone for joining me on this on this episode. I appreciate it. Please subscribe to iTunes if you have not. So let's get right into this podcast, into this episode, I should say. So the first thing I want to talk about is this thing called seller concessions. And what is the truth? Because it's thrown around a lot that I get a lot of buyers that come to me and say, Bob, we want the seller to pay our closing costs. And here's the bottom line in this. It's the seller really doesn't pay your closing costs. Uh, I hate to tell you that. And a lot of mortgage companies, uh, mortgage professionals, kind of will tell you that the seller will pay your closing costs. It's, it's not that they're being untruthful. It's just the way they're telling you is not technically the way it works, okay? So what really happens in the Syracuse, New York real estate housing market? Well, basically, if the buyer needs closing cost assistance due to a lack of funds, they can roll in or add some of the closing costs into their mortgage. But the seller is not giving or paying your closing costs. Rather, they're allowing you to do this. Now, I call this mortgage expense because you are technically adding in the costs of the closing fees to your mortgage. Therefore, the purchase price will increase, but the seller will still receive the same price. They'll still net, so to say, the same price. Now, some lenders will call this seller's concessions, which is still the same as mortgage expense. Now, let me give you an example to this so you can kind of understand. So let's say you offer $100,000 on on a home. Okay, so the home you want to offer $100,000 and you have the down payment of 3.5% an FHA mortgage requirement. Let's just say you're using an FHA mortgage and uh, the first episode we talked about different mortgages and so forth, but you don't have enough money to cover the closing costs. So you're a little short with funds. Now, under FHA guidelines, you are allowed to add up to 6% of the purchase price of actual closing costs into your mortgage. So in this scenario, it would be $6,000, right? 6% of 100,000 is 6,000. Moreover, the offer to the seller would be now would be 106,000. But the seller receives 100,000. But the seller is just allowing you to add in this $6,000 to to your loan, right? 
So, but, so now the contract, the offer would say 106,000. There's times when this is a huge benefit for you, the buyer, right? Obviously, you don't have to come to the table with that $6,000 in closing costs. You can roll it into your mortgage, right? But here's the thing, right? You've got to understand that this is basically a loan or more money added to your mortgage. So you're going to have more debt, right? Um, in the long term, you over 30 years, you're going to pay interest on that, we'll say $6,000 in this case. And if you have a good plan of action, maybe you're going to say, well, you know what, I'll contribute an extra you know, $100 a month to my mortgage to try to knock down some of that interest and knock down some of that $6,000. And here's where I see where it can come back to you, against you, right? There's some things that won't benefit you. First of all, let's say that you, for some reason, you have to sell your home in two years or a year or even three years, right? And the market's not in your favor. It's more of a buyer's market. So now you have to sell your home. You call me up and say, hey, Bob, uh, we'd like to sell our house. And I say, okay, well, you bought in a seller's market and you bought for 100000 which you got a good deal. But do you remember you added in that $6,000? And that in, you know, my client says, yeah, Bob, we did. We did. We understand. And we still, our principal hasn't uh, really haven't gone down on our mortgage because it's only been a year, two years. And I say, okay. And we run a valuation of what the house could be worth. And a lot of times, you're not going to benefit from the market at that point. And you could lose money. At that point, you might have to pay the 6000 back because your home won't sell for 106 plus with real estate commissions and all those fees. So you may, at that time, be at a loss. And you may have to come to the closing table with that $6,000. So it could rear its ugly head at that time. So keep that in mind. The other thing is when you purchase the home and you add in this $6,000, the house may not appraise for the additional amount you put into the loan. And that could be a problem. So it might appraise for $100,000. And so the seller's in the clear, right? Because they sold you the house for $100,000, but you added $6,000 in. So now you might have an appraisal problem. And if you don't have the money to reduce those closing costs, the deal could go bust, right? So that's another disadvantage of adding in the additional closing costs. The other thing is that if you're in a offer, multiple offer situation, I should say, and someone is not adding in closing costs, maybe they're putting a more greater down payment, a different type of loan product, you might be at a disadvantage to that type of buyer if you're competing against a house where you're adding in the closing costs because a good agent representing the seller will tell them what I just told you. They'll tell them that, hey, we could have a problem with appraisal. The buyer's not so well qualified because they can't pay their closing costs. So those are some disadvantages. Obviously, the advantages to you is you have to come to less cash at the table, right? But I always say, if you truly can afford a home, you need to have the money, even for your closing costs. I know that sounds harsh and I don't want to be harsh, but be in a position where you have a lot of leverage and you have cash in the bank and you have a safety net and those types of things and you'll be better prepared when you do have to sell your house that you didn't roll everything in. Now, a lot of mortgage professionals listen to this the same, Bob, but that's not reality. 
Well, guess what? A lot of people shouldn't be buying houses. I talked about that in the first episode. A lot of people shouldn't be buying houses. And I'm not trying to put the mortgage industry out of business. I'm just saying, educate your clients, educate your clients. So that's what I really have to say to you. But but consult with your local lender um, about your down payment and closing costs uh, before an offer is made and what you can and can't do and why you're adding and you're rolling in your closing costs because that's really, really important. Um, so understand that. All right, let's go into the next topic. And this is the truth about property taxes. Now, this is a big one because I relocated here from uh, Boston. How long ago was it? It was in 2004. And, and since that time in 2006, I've been practicing real estate and helping people. So I was at a big shock when I got here. I was like, you know, I came from an area where property taxes were uh, 1%, 1% of, of the price. And so when I came here, I was like, wow, you know, things are so expensive. The only difference is in Boston, the property values are much higher, right? The land's more expensive than central New York. So the typical average house in most areas was like 350000 400000 Our first house was almost 400000 um, we couldn't have enough money to furnish the house, but that's a different topic. But the point is, um, you know, the, the thing about it is in central New York, the average home price is 150000 in Onondaga County. But the property taxes, the, uh, the rates, the property tax rates, I should say, are a lot higher than in ta- an area like Massachusetts. So, so there's a there's a trade-off, right? Taxes never go away, right? And there's a lot of mis- misconceptions and confusions over property taxes. So I'm going to try to give you an idea of the truth about property taxes, how they work in Onondaga, Madison, Cayuga, Oswego County, because uh, we have one of the highest property tax rates in the United States. I think it's like the fifth highest in the United States is Onondaga County. And I'm not telling you that to get you, we'll say, unmotivated from buying a house and say, oh my God, but you got to keep that in context. You have to understand that. Now, it can be argued that the school systems um, in this area compared to other parts of the country are awesome. Now, I can't comment on that as a real estate professional. You have to do your own research and so forth. Um, But that could be true. And because a lot of the tax goes to school district here, right? And also it can be argued that the property taxes right now as it stands are a deductible write-off on your income taxes, which is totally true. And again, the average home price is only 150,000, which is about $46,000 below the national average according to most sources. So we're in an area where it's very affordable, right? But calculating these property taxes can be very challenging. And many home, home buyers, I should say, don't calculate the amount correctly, right? They never seem to calculate the amount correctly or they have misinformation and it's, it's no one's fault. So I always tell people, overestimate your cost. That's what I tell my buyers. Like if you're working with me, I would say overestimate. And what I mean by that is to keep yourself out of trouble. I always say it's about almost 4% of the purchase price or 3.8%. But it varies from from village to city and so forth. And and the and the way it's calculated, I'm not going to go into a long discussion here about how you really calculate those those property tax rates and so forth because it's a it's a complicated formula let me tell you so to keep yourself out of trouble just think about four percent right so if a property is a hundred thousand dollars the total estimated property taxes are about four grand you know about four thousand dollars 
$3,800 if you want to use the 3.8% formula I mentioned. So on a 200,000 property, it's about 8,000. And a 300,000 property, that's 12,000. You're probably saying, are you kidding me? 12,000 in tax? That's true. On a $300,000 property, your tax could be more than your mortgage, right? Payment, right? Depending on how much money you're putting down and so forth. And here's the crazy thing. In some village areas of central New York, the taxes can be high as 4.4% or higher. One thing you've got to understand is that the misconception mostly is the way that the data is is presented. Like for instance, so, so let's say you're looking at a home and you look at the listing online and it, you're looking at a house and you it says the property taxes were only 3000 a year, but the house is listed for 160000 right? So you're, you're approved really, your payment is based on lower than 160. What I'm trying to say is that the taxes look very real for your payment, for your budget, and you can, looks, looks like you can afford this house, right? And it's listed at 160. Here's the problem that I see happen a lot of times. The mortgage company will ask you, what are the property taxes? And you show them the MLS sheet or they look it up and they say, okay, it's only $3,000 based on this, based on that, you qualify for this house at 160,000. Here's the problem. That house may only have 3,000 in taxes due to the fact that it hasn't been reassessed. So it might only be assessed for let's say, 90,000 or 80,000 even. So assessments, not market value, but let's say now in a seller's market, the house is really worth 150,000. I can tell you, it might not happen immediately, but I can tell you that those property taxes may raise to the $150,000 purchase price. And based on my calculation, it could be close to 6,000 a year or double. Now you may get the loan, based on the $3,000 a year in property taxes. And you may get a nice letter in the mail that says, due to an adjustment of your taxes, we have to raise your payment, raise your escrow account, and your payment's going up. And you're gonna be like, wow, I have to pay another $200 a month? Where did this come from? And then you frantically call your mortgage company and you yell at them and you're like, ah, remember I said this. Now, it might not happen, but prepare yourself for the worst. Have a talk with your mortgage company, your mortgage professional about this, what I'm talking about. And they might say, Bob doesn't know what he's talking about. That's okay. That's all right. And why not ask them and go through these scenarios and say, could this happen? Could I get one of those nice letters from the mortgage company, could this happen, you know? How are you basing the taxes? Are you future pacing me? So that's something you've got to really understand. And here's the other thing is, we see this a lot of times with, we'll say, bank-owned homes. And we talked about this in the, in the last episode uh, about bank-owned homes. And let's say that a bank-owned home is listed for 100,000. It's assessed for 200,000. So now you qualify for the 100,000, but the mortgage, the taxes on that are based on a 200,000, well in this case it would be 8,000, and you may not qualify. But your reasoning is, well Bob, you just told me that if I only pay 100,000, the taxes will be based on the purchase price. Not always, that's the difference, right? So it's what the property is worth based on comparable homes in the neighborhood. So if you have a bank owned home and it's selling for less than what 
the typical values of the neighborhood, the assessor, the town, the county, they may not reduce that purchase price just because it's a bank-owned home. And you might be stuck paying the 8000 in taxes because after fix-up and repair value, it might be a $200,000 home. So don't think it's going to reverse the opposite way. Don't think that, right? So you got to be very, very careful when you're dealing with something like a bank-owned home, right? But there are exemptions that can reduce your property tax exposure, and those would be different, like the STAR exemption. Uh, school tax relief program, the senior star, uh, VA, if you're a veteran, you can definitely get reductions in your property taxes. And you can always fight your assessment, right? You could show comparables and say why your house isn't worth this and fight the assessment and, and make your case. And you might have a 50, 60% chance that the the assessor will reduce taxes. No question, no question. But that's really the basis of it. So to stay out of trouble, base it on 4%. So if you're coming to this area where you have a house somewhere else and it's $200,000 and your tax exposure there, you're only paying $1,000 a year in taxes and you come here and you're like, what, I have to pay 8,000 in tax? Are you kidding me? something to think about, right? It might not fit within your overall budget. And a lot of times when people are using mortgage calculators on Zillow and other websites, they don't account for that tax. So the payment looks low until they figure it out. Listen to a, this type of podcast where there's a guy named Bob McTagg telling them, you got to think differently, right? You got to start thinking differently. All right. So I hope that makes sense. If you ever need any more information about property taxes, like I said, I kept it down to a very simple version here, very simple. But if you have any more information about property taxes, how they work, you want to get really involved, I can give you all these different types of scenarios, what they include from library tax, highway tax, fire department tax, county water tax, sewer tax, and other fees that make up this tax. I would, you, I would share it with you, right? But anyways, you can always give me a call at 315-882-6610. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks so much. Have an awesome day. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Central New York Real Estate Podcast. Make sure to visit us online at cnyrealestateadvice.com.